Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm going to record the last segment to who you are and why. The other day, uh, I guess it was August 18th. It's almost, what, like four weeks, <laughs> three weeks after. Today is uh, September the 5th, 2019. But I forgot that I, I, I didn't finish that episode. So I'm going to wrap it up right now. I guess I got busy and you know how life is. But I was listening to my my recording. And I was like, whoa, I forgot the last part. And I was talking about how how music, you know, is very influential and how it kind of turned me from listening to regular hip hop to like nice jazzy hip hop and then to like the hardcore, you know, if what they call gangster rhyme or gangster rap, whatever. But for me, it was more like it was just like it was good, cool beats. And then I really... I wasn't to the lyrics, but I was, I'm, I'm, I think I'm pretty hard to convince on certain ideas. Like I'll just, cause I, I can't, uh, one of my, one of my, I guess, uh, disabilities you want to call it, or one of my, my weaknesses is that I can't pay attention for too long. Or when I was younger, I couldn't pay attention for too long for, I guess that was good, kind of a good thing for me. Cause I guess I couldn't really focus on what's being said. So I couldn't be brainwashed. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking, right? But I still was subconsciously receiving this information, which is like, you know, all this information about... In the hip-hop songs, well, usually they were, uh, you know, talking bad about women and stuff and bad ideas and calling them, you know, bad names or talking about what they would do with women and stuff like that, which is, I mean, it's maybe real. It might not be real. It might be fabricated ideas that they were talking about, but that's how they were portraying themselves in the music. Not only that, but the videos that I was watching during the late 80s and early 90s, I guess. I remember that the the rock videos that I used to watch. And I, I actually, when we didn't have cable, my cousins that lived next door to us in front, which is my cousin uh, Moy and Peter, they were a little bit older than us. They were like five years or six years older than us. So they had a lot of VHS recorded uh, videos of MTV videos, which is like the Beastie Boys and a lot of rock videos from Bon Jovi, you know, um, Poison, Def Leppard, White Snake, or something like that. I can't remember, but like all the popping videos from the mid '80s to the late '80s, they were they had them recorded on VHS. So my brother and I and and my nephews, I mean my cousins, would watch it, and we would watch these videos religiously. We would just put them back to back, back to back. There was like three or two VHS tapes that we would borrow. And we had it for a long time. I don't think we ever gave him back to my cousin. He was like always asking for them. <laughs> but we would watch him in our VHS player and we would just like jam out to like all the stuff that they used to listen to. And to 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 be honest, like they were cool music and everything, but the imagery in the videos, they all had a lot of like, you know, sexual explicit obscene type of videos like where they're making out with the girls or, you know, and I'm not, this isn't, I'm not saying that I don't like girls or whatever, you know, and this is, I'm just saying how this was portrayed in our minds at a very young age. I mean, we we're not about nine, 10, 10, 11 years old. My brothers were even younger than that because I mean, Jeff was about four and Rick is about seven. And we were all jamming out this information or jamming out this music, whatever. But at the same time, these uh, videos, they had a lot of uh, sexual content, you know, and they weren't rated R or whatever, but they did have like, you know, they were making out and stuff or dancing with girls and, you know, and they were beautiful women. I'm not going to lie, but but still, I feel like 
even implanting those ideas and you maybe if you don't even listen to the lyrics but maybe you are listening to the lyrics i for me i i didn't really capture a lot of lyrics to be honest and i still have that problem with a lot of music especially if if it doesn't uh, hit me you know, or, or whatever like i don't i just can't really focus on the on the words that they're saying but but still it's getting implanted in your subconscious mind all this information all this data so whatever they're saying and then the imagery that's coming out in the videos you know, it's like a double-edged sword, like, that's giving you all kinds of information. You're just consuming it. And I feel like, or I, I, at that moment, I didn't feel anything. You know, it was just like, oh, that's cool videos. I love the Beastie Boys because of that, you know. Like, No Sleep Till Brooklyn was one of my favorite songs growing up because of that video that I watched, you know. And then uh, Your Right to Party, like, that was my, those were my jams, you know, growing up. And I was 10 years old, and I didn't know exactly what they were talking about. I just loved the music. And then, um, so what I'm getting at, like to to wrap it up, not only wrap it up right now, but I'm gonna go a little bit deeper into the whole, uh, I guess now what's going on now and who you are, because I think I feel like, you know, in the '90s and the 2000s, we were getting impacted by by television mostly because we didn't have uh, the internet was barely coming up in the late 90s you know like for for the for the masses for that's what i'm trying to say like maybe in the early it, it had been already uh i guess established but it wasn't mainstream internet usage until the late 2000s that i can think of before the whole uh social media explosion happened but between that between that point between which was like early 2000s and um the late 2000s or till now television had the major influence and then once the internet started kind of popping that's where I remember like really going into websites and like going to www.whatever and checking out their website and stuff like that actually at, at one point my brothers and I we had a little you know website we had created a website that was called Laredo Sports Rush and um at that moment we were kind of like pioneering you know into the into being like a, a station of sorts you know where you can share your information what do you think is valuable and at that that point laredo sports trust for us was like we want to share everything that we had gained the knowledge from sports you know but uh and share the news and and put a different light on it because we feel like it was something that we were lacking in our community we felt like there was a lack of uh, exposure of athletes and talent and 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 different types of, of you know sports that were going on that you know we could only get on the nightly news on, on our regular uh, local news or local newspaper but if you didn't get the news from them then you just missed out so what my brothers and I did we were like okay we're gonna we're gonna go to the most important games around the community throughout the year like from basketball to football, volleyball, baseball, whatever it might be, you know, the, the tournaments and stuff, and then report on those and create our own news source, like our own mini ESPN for Laredo, Texas. And and for a while, man, I think it was a good three three years maybe where we were doing that, and it was pretty cool and everything. But, you know, we were, we were kind of ahead of the game, and the people who we were trying to get us to support us which were like the you know the businessmen at that time they didn't understand the concept of the internet yet so every time we would go pitch the idea that hey man we're gonna get twenty thousand viewers 
on these videos that we're posting on this news stories that we're posting my brother was a great editor you know he was a young teenager oh a preteen i mean a pre uh adult you know before he was even i think he was 20 my brother he was like rick man rick was a great writer jeff was a great writer as well he would write some stories i was more like the sit back and, and get my ideas of what to do and they would do it and i would like also have my own ideas on what to create but my 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 ideas were more visual their their ideas were more like uh written and and a combination of written and visual as well but um yeah man we 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 had that uh we would cover a lot of that needs a lot of those needs in the community and and the businessmen weren't understanding that like they thought that we were kids we didn't know what we were talking about and that they weren't taking us seriously we were like look you you uh you know you buy an ad with us we'll promote your business for a small fee you'll get a lot of young eyes you know people who like parents and and students watch your ads as we're playing your our videos from the from the local news scene that we're, we're recording and and uh, the stories that we're writing and the pictures man we, we we were so ahead of our game that we kind of felt like man we kind of felt sad that these people don't understand that and we couldn't make money off that web page so we kind of gave up a little bit too short but what i was saying what, what i'm getting at is that we understood the power influence you know and at a very young age I think we all had that vision. You know, we had that vision that we could create content and we could, uh, you know, send information. And people get interested in that. And for a while, we did that. I think for a video, we recorded it back in, I want to say 2002, 2003. It was a highly watched video that we recorded. My brothers and I, uh, I think it was one of the top two schools, basketball schools that were playing against each other. It was a packed house. We recorded the whole game. And the the team that won the game shot the, the half-court shot, and they made it at the end of uh, the last second. And we had it on camera, man. We were the only news source to record that part of the game. And, man, we blew up that night and that following couple of weeks. Everybody had watched that video, like, all over the schools. And we could see that we could watch well, how much traffic we gained on those days and I would go into the and I'm going a little bit off track but just just because I need to explain this type of, of, of why we are so influenced by the data right and who we are so I would go back and, and study the numbers and I learned that back in 2002 2003 people would spend maybe like 30 seconds to five minutes on your website depending on what you had if you had anything new they would go back and if you didn't have anything new you know they would just check it real quick and then leave but if you had something new on a daily you would have you would get more time and attention on your website so i learned that and when we had that video the the masses man it was about twenty thousand views twenty thousand views and the, the time spent on our website had gone from you know i'm just gonna throw numbers out there but just so you can contrast you know from like three minutes to like 15 minutes per person so we knew that potential was there you know we were ahead of our game which is that 
I guess we were all going through our, you know, I was graduating from college. I was looking more into being a professional. I forgot. I really lost. I didn't lose interest. I just had other plans. Like I wanted to, you know, graduate and be a full force in my college career. So I had to pull, you know, I take like a lot of classes and it kind of swayed away from being part of the of the sports rush. And my brothers, you know, they were also going through their things. My brother, you know, my brother Jeff, he was really into it. But then he had his kids, he had to work, make money. We weren't making money off the website, so we kind of had to put it to the side. My brother Rick, he, I think he was the last one that was really pushing forward to it and keeping it alive. But it was hard for him to do it by himself and doing it solo. And a lot of the help that we had at one point kind of disappeared. So it was just tough on all of us, you know. But what the point that I wanted to make is that at this at this time in my life, when in my early 20s, when I started becoming myself, I started seeing that the power of influence. And even then, I was still being influenced. I, I feel like I still didn't know too much about how brainwashing happened. I just know that it was happening but I didn't know to what degree and how it was affecting my life that I was making decisions from a different state of mind because I was, you know, programmed to feel a certain way to, about things, certain way about, you know, um, my vision as myself. You know, like I was telling you, like a little bit before the sports rush happened, I actually wanted to be a musician. I wanted to be an audio engineer. I wanted to be a... a you know, in the entertainment world. But it, I think it all came from me really being, like, focused into the music scene and the video scenes. I really wanted to make music and videos. At one point, I just wanted to, you know, make movies and all that stuff. But the reason was because I felt like... I felt like that's what my own passion was at one point. But I feel now that it could have been fabricated passion because I was uh, influenced by the media that I had at that point so what I'm getting at right now is that I was able to, to go into that that world of the media entertainment and I feel like wait this is not feeling right anymore I feel like this uh, this energy that's behind it's not like I started seeing a lot of synchronicities that didn't make sense to me. But then I was like, what if it is true? Like one of the synchronicities that I started seeing is that whenever somebody becomes famous or like, uh, you know, they get a record deal or they become a movie star, something tragic happened in their life. But I was very young and there was there was any published information about this. But I just started making sense of it to me. It was like, whoa. Every time somebody makes it, somebody in their family passes away. And when I was in the in the audio engineering, you know, recording and, and trying to become a rapper, you know, I felt like one of the songs that I listened to that really makes sense to me that, okay, like, oh, shit, this could be true. Yeah, I think it's Dr. Dre's uh, letter to his brother. And his brother's passed away, you know, his younger brother passed away. And he makes a song for him, and it's on the, I think it's on the, one of the last songs on the Chronic 2001, I think. And uh, when I heard that song, I heard it in, in Screwed Up Chop, <clears throat> Screwed Up Chop, like in Houston, because I was in Houston during that point. And 
it just man impacted me so hard and it was the final straw for me to like jet away from that from that vision of me becoming a rapper or becoming an entertainer or becoming a uh, and I know it sounds crazy and like maybe I was maybe it wasn't but at that age I, I found out that you know what if it's true or even if it's not true I'd rather be with my family my family my brothers and my and my parents to be alive than me go through a tragedy you know then and become a star or whatever so I chose my family over you know with that mindset my state of mind that wasn't something in my heart told me that that shit was true <clears throat> And it might not be true. I don't know. But in my in that era, it was 2000. Back in 2000. And I was uh, 22 years old. I was going to be 22 years old that year. I felt like it was true. It was an enlightening moment in my life. And I feel like from that point on, I started to wake up little by little. And there was different stages, of course, you know, from the point um, understanding that you know, I'll choose my family over, and my my future over being what I thought I wanted to be, which was an entertainer, and then taking that data and using and applying it to different situations that happened over the last, you know, 22. I mean, what is it? 19 years from 2000 to 2019. It was in the last 19 years I've made a lot of decisions with that theory in mind and I think it's helped me benefit me look uh, I feel like I'm a successful person right now and I, I feel like I've achieved a lot without you know compromising my my soul and compromising my health of uh, I've become a more productive person in my spiritual form and and being able to share my kindness and share my my understanding of, of health and understanding of becoming a better person with the with the community that I live in, you know, my par- my parents, my family, my actual kids, my wife, my brothers. But I, I, I think over the last um, over the last five, six years I've seen a greater understanding because I've understood that, you know, even as I was awakening, there were still things that were not changing that were still influencing me to become or see things in a different light. And and I'm not talking about a good light. I'm talking about how the social media starts to play with your mind. If you don't understand it and you don't know how to use it and you're not aware of how it's being used against you, it can easily influence you to feel certain ways about certain things. And, and influence you to become a certain person. So in the last six years, I feel like social media has gone like into steroid usage. You know, like I'm like it's social media on steroids, which which is like an, an analogy of how powerful and strong it is over, over your mind. If you're not, you know, aware of the power that it has. Like, I think I've done a lot of reading lately. And it says that uh, social media has the technology and the the psychology behind it of uh, you going into a casino and playing the machines, you know, playing those, uh, I guess, whatever they call it now, uh, the slot machines, where the technology that they use to get you hooked is 
the same technology that they use for social media where you're just swiping up and up and up and if you go to the slot machines when you get older or if you're not old enough to go to the slot machines right now but when you really do you're gonna remember oh this is what i do when i when i use the ipad or when i use the phone or when i use the the digital devices nowadays like i just swipe up swipe up swipe up and then tap tap and hopefully i win and when that happens uh uh something in your brain is triggered which is the dopamine fix you keep on sending dopamine 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 and that's a very 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 dangerous because it creates a, a certain thought pattern in your mind that subconsciously gives you happiness gives you a lot of uh, interest and you want to keep on feeling that so the way you create that happiness is through that usage which is kind of like a, a viral drug to your mind like it's a drug that you need it's an addiction so you kind of get addicted without even having a drug you know you don't feel like oh it's not this is un, this is not healthy this is what, what do you mean this is unhealthy there's nothing being ingested that's what you think maybe biologically you're not ingesting anything but your mind is ingesting something and that data subconsciously goes into your mind and you are becoming somebody else that you're not supposed to be because that's not your natural environment your natural environment is you being one with the world and accepting it in it um, not accepting what do you mean ingesting the information that's around you I think the more you dive into the social media, the more you you uh, you know swipe into different social media pages like Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok, and I'm just naming top of my head because there's a bunch of more websites that I don't even know about or apps that I don't even know about. But the the content that they share on a lot of these uh, social media platforms are memes, and that's something that I'm gonna get into in the next series of of uh episodes it's from a book that i'm currently reading i haven't finished it i'm barely on chapter three i'm gonna be into chapter four today but it's called virus of the mind <clears throat> and that virus of the mind shout out to mr richard brody it's the new science of the meme by richard brody and the this book was published in 96 1996 that's 23 years ago and where I'm getting at is that now that I'm reading more books and getting more enlightened about how the influence of your mind, your brain, your psychology, your biology is affecting who you are. I'm getting more and more aware on how to disperse this information to not only my community, but how to become a better person myself. Because I'm being more aware of what I need to tap into and what not and what to block off, you know. And <clears throat> I feel like it's a very important discussion to have with people because, and I say discussion because a lot of people won't understand this and it's not going to be overnight for you to understand it. It took me, what, about a good 23 years <laughs> from 96 to right now. And I'm, I'm pretty sure this is going to be make a lot of sense maybe in the later 2020s, you know. When people are starting to understand, like, man, I lost so much time. I became somebody who I'm not. You know, I saw a lot of videos on this. And now I think I'm that. 
or I saw a lot of uh, imagery of this and now I'm seeing it happen. You know, it's all about the frequencies and the stuff you tap into that becomes your, your reality. So in that type of mind frame, I want to, you know, share more of who you are and who you think you are and who you have to be so you can be original you. The original you is if you look at your past, if you look at your mom's moms, your parents' parents' parents, you look at your lineage and your DNA, you start really seeing the attributes that are carried over your DNA, your real genetic code, not the fabricated one that's being implant, implant, implanted in your mind and in your body. I'm talking about the genetic code that was once with you when you were born. And and it's not even that many times ago. Like, if you look at the at the genetic codes that have been switched from you to, like, the three or four or five generations ago, it's not that long ago. You know, the United States is was built in 1776, right, from now. That's, I don't know how many years, but that's a lot of time. But still, not even in that time frame, you still have, uh, your genetic code is way deeper than that. So... That's what I'm talking about. The realization of who you really are and who you really, your parents were and who they really, you know, where they came from. And I'm not saying that, oh, because your parents were a Navajo Indian or a, a Native American, you're going to be that type of person or that you're going to carry that again or going to create it again. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that the DNA and the genetic code that is being implanted on you is not who you think you are. You know, and yeah, you can become a professional, you can become uh, successful in life, and you can become anybody who you are right now, but a lot of us are being triggered to become some of the people who we're not, and I want you to be aware of that. So, on the these next episodes, um, oh, and shout out to my friend Oscar, man. Oscar, happy Oscar. He actually gave me this book as a gift. Virus of the Mind by Richard Brody. When I started reading it, I was like, wow, this is exactly how I feel. And this is how exactly I've been talking about. And this, when I started this episode on August the 18th, he just gave me the book on Sunday. And I feel like, wow, we're like in the synchronicity of information. What we need to tap into, the right information the right memes, the right knowledge that's uh, making us more aware and more better at what we do and becoming more effective people in our community. You know, with a positive externality that's going to share and create more positive impacts in our, in our just circles, you know, and, and then spread out like that. One wave, one small wave creates a big wave, so... With that in being said, I want to go more into my personal revelation of who I am right now, but I'm going to save that for a different episode because it's still a long ways for me to get to, like, I think I left off where, you know, coming up in my revelation of music and entertainment and then going to the rate of sports rush and all that stuff. But then I didn't dive into my professional experience. And after graduating from college. So I'm going to go a little bit into that later. But for right now, it's just learning who you are 
and why you think you are that person. Well, peace out. Have a great day. Have an amazing and beautiful moment. Stay blessed. Stay peace. Stay love. One God. This is Eric C. Eric C. Movement. <laughs>